The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus withdrew in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. And Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. A few years ago, a priest friend of mine was, uh, we were having a conversation about stewardship. And he uh, talked about something that they did in their parish that he said was uh, really amazing as an experiment. They distributed one dollar bills to everyone who was present in church on a particular Sunday. And they encouraged them to, uh, during the week that followed, that when something came up where that one dollar might make a difference in somebody's life, that they would use it in that way. And then they were to come back the following Sunday and share their stories of what had happened with that dollar. Well, nowadays we'd probably have to use a five dollar bill. A dollar doesn't go very far, it seems. But there were amazing stories, he said. They were simple stories, uh, sometimes nothing more than someone who was looking for change at a parking meter. And the person going by said, you know, you can use this quarter. And that made all the difference in the world in that moment for that person. Another example of a student who saw that a friend was in need of some pencils and anonymously made some pencils available for that student. And the stories went on and on. Very simple ones, but very clear examples about how when we are attentive to what God is putting in our way, what's in front of us, and when we do something about it, what a difference it makes in the lives of those that we've actually done something for, but also in our lives. Well, today we have this story of the feeding of the 5,000. Of course, you know, they only counted the men. <laughs> it probably was more like 20,000 because uh, clearly there were women and children present, families who were gathered. And the families then were large families. So it was a huge crowd. But before we uh, go very far with that, I, th I think it's important for us to see the context of what preceded that for Jesus. Jesus had gone through a somewhat difficult time. He had been preaching about and, give, and providing parables about the kingdom. And we've heard about those over the last couple of Sundays. 
And then he decides to go to his hometown, to Nazareth, back to his home church where he was going to preach. And unfortunately, he was not received very well. They were so upset with him that uh, they wanted to kill him because he read from the scroll and he said to them, this day, this scripture has been fulfilled in your presence. And they sensed that it was blasphemous what he was saying. So they wanted to get rid of him. And then he hears that his uh, cousin, John the Baptist, has been killed by Herod. And one can imagine that after being kicked out of your home church and your hometown and them wanting to get rid of you entirely and now hearing about the death of your cousin, that it was a hard time for Jesus. So he decides to go away to a deserted place, probably just to spend some time by himself. We don't often think of Jesus uh, being in a place of mourning or needing to find time in order to deal with the emotional stress he was feeling in his own life. But I think this is one time when that was the case. So he gets in a boat, but the crowds, knowing who he was and caring about him and being enriched by his ministry, are following him and see where the boat is finally going to land. And they're there to meet him. Now, Jesus had made plans for that day, and they were now being interrupted by what amounted to 20,000 people coming and wanting him to minister with them yet again. It perhaps would have been easy for Jesus to have just gone on his way, to have said, you know, I, I really need this time to myself. I can't do this. But that's not what he did. And in this uh, account, I think we see very clearly the faithfulness of Jesus to the ministry that he felt he was called to. And here, no matter what his plans were, here is what God had put before him. And so he dealt with it. Now, the other thing that I find very interesting in the account is that uh, nowhere does it say Jesus told them parables or uh, gave an explanation of the law or lectured them about what it was to be a good Jew. None of that. What it says is that he healed them. He healed those who were sick, who would come to be there for healing. And then we know also he fed them. Sometimes I think that we uh, make a false dichotomy between uh, the spiritual life and the importance of our soul and the physical life and the importance of our body and maintaining a reasonable amount of, of sustenance and shelter. That's uh, plagued the church, I think, for generations. Uh, when I was, uh, I remember in the 60s, there was an awful lot of uh, tension about the social ministry of the Episcopal Church. But Jesus doesn't make that distinction. We don't hear Jesus deciding whether he's going to do social ministry or if he's going to be saving souls. But rather when someone came before him who needed healing or someone who came who was hungry, he fed them. He healed them. And there was no particular talk about, do you know me? Do you believe in me? Do you have faith in me? But rather, he simply dealt with the need that was presented in front of him. And I think that that's what we as a church are called to. To deal with the need that is presented to us, that's right there in front of us. 
I know many of us, I certainly fall in this category, struggle with trying to discern God's will. How, how do I know what it is that God wants me to do? And I think there are, there are sort of two categories of this kind of discernment. One category has to do with those, those really big things in our lives, like what our vocation would be, or where we might live, or who we might have as a spouse, or wh- how we deal with the, the issues of our family and our children. That's one sort of uh, discernment that we deal with. But there's another kind of discernment that I think is really very simple that we perhaps overcomplicate. What is God calling me to do today in this moment? And the answer to that is as simple as can be. What has God placed in front of me right now in this moment? And if I'm attentive to that, then I think I can discern God's will very simply by saying, this is before me, and this is what I feel called to do in this moment. I believe that our faithfulness as Christians is truly lived out in those very small moments of the day, day in and day out, interactions with friends, with people at work, Time that we spend perhaps doing things like going to the soup kitchen and at the cathedral or being involved with the Be Safe program. We have a, a number of, of parishioners who will be involved next week with the activities around the Be Safe program. In those moments of doing those things, there will be opportunities for us to be Christ present in the moment for the person who's in front of us who has need. So I think that that is one of the things that we see in this uh, interesting story about this miraculous feeding. But I think there's something else as well. You know, uh, in that story, uh, we hear that Jesus uh, took the bread, he blessed it and broke it and distributed it. Now, that, I think, for those early Christians who would have heard this story right away, they would have made a connection between what Jesus was doing and what they did as they gathered for a holy meal for the Eucharist. Because those are the actions that are repeated now millennia later and at this altar today. Taking the bread, blessing it, breaking it, and distributing it. And the other thing that is is so interesting, I think, about that is that we often believe that we don't have enough to, to make a difference in the world around us. And that was the case with the disciples. They said, we need to let these people go. They need to go into the villages where they can find food because it's getting late in the day. And Jesus says, no, you give them what you have. But we only have five loaves and two fish. And that's when Jesus takes that very small offering, blesses it, breaks it, and distributes it. And it's not only enough, but it is more than enough. I think that many times we believe we just don't have enough. That our offering is so small, it is so insignificant in the grand scheme of things, it will make no difference. But what we must remember is that in the hands of the master, the smallest offering is an abundant offering. I believe that in this uh, little story about the feeding of 20,000 or more, that we see in it the faithfulness of Jesus 
to deal with the need that is before him in the moment. And I would encourage all of us in the week ahead to be attentive to what God is putting before our path and how we might listen to what God is saying to us about how we respond to that in the moment. And the other thing that I would encourage us to do is to think about how this holy table connects with the holy tables that each of us have in our homes, where we gather with family and with friends. And around those holy tables, we find fellowship that feeds our spirit, feeds our soul. And in a way that we cannot explain, God can be present there. Christ can be present in our midst at those holy tables as well. May we be attentive to the work of the Spirit in our lives. May we be open to what God is putting before us. And may we do something about it. Amen.